2 Timothy 1.7. This is a familiar scripture. Let's all read this out loud together. One, two, three. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I think somebody has the amplified translation probably, which is good. Hallelujah. So this scripture tells us two things about fear. Number one, it's a spirit. Number two, it does not come from God. Fear and faith have one thing in common in that they are both spiritual forces, but they are direct opposites. Like, um, like north and south on a compass, they're in common in that they're both directions on a compass, but they're exact opposites of one another. You can start walking north out here towards Sainsbury's, but the moment you turn around and start walking the opposite direction, now you're walking south. So faith and fear are related to each other like north and south are related to each other. Now, let's turn over to Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now this doesn't mean that every man in the whole world has the faith of God. That's not what it's talking about. Second Thessalonians 3, 2 says all men have not faith. So he's, he's writing here to believers. Uh, now, everybody in the whole world, even unbelievers, they got enough faith to get up and go out of the house in the morning, or they got enough faith to sit in the chair and believe it's not going to fall down with them. But that's not the kind of faith we're talking about. We're talking about the faith of God, the God kind of faith, and that's uh, been imparted to us as believers. Now here he talks about the measure of faith, uh, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but uh, we all have, we all got the same measure originally from God. We all got the same measure. Now, how do you measure faith? How do you measure faith? Well, what, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if faith comes by hearing the Word of God, we could measure faith by how much of the Word of God that resides in you. How much of the Word of God that resides in you, that is the measure of faith that I'm at at the moment or that you're at at the moment. So we can measure faith, our faith, by how much of the Word of God that lives and abides in us. Now, who do we know that would be the exact opposite of God? Satan. Okay? So, if God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, then where would fear come from? The direct opposite, Satan. Okay? Satan was once the anointed cherub Lucifer. He hasn't always been wicked. He was uh, very high uh, in the angelic uh, realm in heaven. And after leading a rebellion against God, he was kicked out of heaven and lost his position and his anointing. He's a fallen angel. He has no creative power. He's not in the God class. He's not even in the human being class. And that's why 
It's a shame for a human being to come under his control and dictates because Satan is not even in the human human being class. John 8:44, Jesus said there is no truth in Satan. He is a liar and the father of it. God is the source of all life. God created Adam in his own likeness and image and he imparted into Adam all the forces that resided in him. Faith, love, righteousness, wisdom. All these forces of God, what we call eternal life, was imparted into Adam when he created him. Now, Adam was not <coughs> deceived and he handed over his God-given authority to Satan. Now, with Satan as his new spiritual father, so to speak, now Satan perverted all these forces of God that had resided in Adam. Now Adam is separated from the life of God and spiritual death has lodged in him. And what had been life, eternal life, was now spiritual death. What had been faith was now fear. What had been righteousness in right standing with God was now sin. So you can see how the, the direct opposite of God perverted all the forces of God, all the spiritual forces of God in man. He perverted them and he began to use them to destroy man and everything around man. The force of faith in Adam now became fear. Let's turn to Genesis 3. Genesis 3.10 Verse 9 And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And what's the next thing he said? I was afraid. The very first words that came out of Adam's mouth I was afraid. He had never said that before. Not until he bowed his knee to Satan and Satan took over his life and Satan now was his spiritual father. And now sin, sin had replaced, uh, righteousness had become sin. Faith had become fear. Now Adam's fearful. He had never been fearful before. Never had any reason to be fearful before. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That was the very first words that came out of his mouth after he uh, handed over his authority to Satan. Faith is the opposite of fear. So let's, let's kind of contrast faith and fear. Now, uh, let's go ahead and turn to Romans 8. I was going to do that in a few minutes, but let's go ahead and turn to Romans 8. Uh, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now these are the two major spiritual laws that are operating in the earth today. 
There, there are two categories of people on the earth. Everybody, every man, woman, every human being on this planet falls into one of these two categories. Those that know God and those that don't. And I mean, you could break it down, you know, a lot, a lot further. But, but everybody, Christian or unbeliever, either, either one, everybody is operating under one of these two laws. That's all there is. These two laws are the two, two operating in the earth today. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for or desired. Now, people will say uh, to us, you know, faith teachers and preachers, uh, and all of us faith people, they'll say, uh, you know, well, you're just trying to get things. You know, you're just interested in things. Well, we're not interested in everything. We're just interested in the things that God says belong to us. Amen? We're, we're desiring the things that belong to us. We're not trying to just get everything and anything. We're just trying to obtain the things that God has given us as believers through the blood of Jesus and, and through redemption. That's the things that we're after. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the raw material. It's what uh, goes out into the spiritual unseen realm and brings it from the unseen realm to the seen realm. And the way we release faith is with words. Now, fear is the substance. If it's the opposite force of faith, then what does fear bring? Things not desired. If faith is a substance of things desired and hoped for, fear is the substance of things not desired and not hoped for. Now that's exactly what happened to Job. And we did a, a real full-length study on Job back in the autumn, back a few months ago. Uh, we went right through the book of Job extensively, but it wasn't God that uh, killed his family. It wasn't God that sent the lightning that destroyed his animals. It wasn't God uh, that sent the tornado. It wasn't God that uh, smote Job with boils. The Bible very clearly says Satan uh, departed and smote Job with sore boils. It, it says that in black and white. So uh, Job went on to say, the thing I so greatly feared has come upon me, and the thing I was afraid of has come to pass. And he got into fear about his children because he, he was a godly, uh, you know, righteous man, but he got into fear that his children were going to depart from God and that they were going to you know, stray away from God and they were going to run off the track, so to speak, run off the rails. And they were having these wild parties and things and he just got into more and more fear about his children and he began to offer these sacrifices to God but he wasn't doing it in faith because he kept doing it over and over and over and over. So he was, he was doing these sacrifices but he was doing it in fear. So as he did that, this uh, wall of blessing and protection that God had put around Job, he broke that wall down and Satan got a foothold there and he came in and he destroyed everything he had. And it took, a, you know, you have to go through chapters there of Job before he finally figured out what happened. He went on to say, Teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. So the Lord finally, you know, he finally realized that he said with his mouth, you know, he got fear into his mouth and it broke this wall of protection down and Satan just came in and the thing he feared came upon him. And that's, that's one of the things about fear. You, you attract what you fear. And uh, that's what happened to Job. So it was not God that did all these horrible things to Job, like many Christians believe. He, he got to worrying, he got fearful, 
And man, it, it came to pass. But that's not the end of the story. God restored to him twice what he had. Now, faith changes circumstances. Fear agrees with the problem. So, so we can use faith to change our circumstances because we can speak God's word. We can declare God's word. But fear agrees with the circumstances and fear agrees with the problem. Faith activates God and fear activates Satan. And that's what happened to Job. As long as, as Job was activating God through his words and his actions, that wall of blessing and protection stayed up around him. But when he got into fear, it activated Satan and boy... Satan came in. Faith calls things that are not as though they were. Fear causes things that are as though they are. It just keeps rehearsing the problem all the time. <coughs> Faith is released through words and fear is released through words. Uh, Hebrews 12.2 tells us that Jesus is the author and developer of our faith. So if Jesus is the author and developer of our faith, then Satan is the perverter of faith and he supports fear. And the more we act on fear, the worse it gets. That's one of the things, you know... Satan will pressure you and pressure you and pressure you about something and, and when you finally give in to it and you, and you do it, you know, or you, uh, you, you stop standing or whatever and you think, okay, I just want, I just want out of this, you know. Um, he doesn't go away. It gets worse. He just comes back with something worse. He doesn't leave you alone when you act on fear. He comes back with more. So he's, he supports fear. It's up to us as to which of these laws we're going to live under. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he set into motion the law of the spirit of life. And Satan perverts that law with the opposite law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Now, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. But we can set it back into, the, into motion with the words of our mouth. And that's, that's where a lot of people's problems are and they don't realize it. You are a spirit being created by a spirit being. This planet was created by words. It operates by words and it will respond to words. That's why it's not difficult to believe that you can speak to something and have an effect on it. It's not difficult to believe that you can speak to something and it will go away from you. Or you can speak to something and it will come to you. Because God created this planet with words. And He created us in His likeness and image to be able to do the same thing he did, to be able to speak and it come to pass and to speak and change our circumstances just like he did and just like Jesus did when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and it dried up. So we, we're spirit beings. We were created by a spirit being. That's why God has given us the same ability to use our words to change things just like he has. Satan is a fallen angel and he doesn't have anything new. He has to rely on deception to get anywhere with a believer. Everybody is operating under spiritual law in that we're all speaking words every day. Everybody, everybody out there is speaking words every day. So in that respect, Everybody is operating in spiritual law. It's just a matter of which one of these we're operating in through the words of our mouth. And people are activating 
Satan and his forces and the law of sin and death, and they don't even know it. And that's part of what's kind of on that tape I did back there. Uh, and I'm sure I'll be talking about more. Because if this is all part of faith and living by faith. You cannot escape it. You know, that's why it just keeps coming up. No matter what you talk about in the Bible, really, it just keeps coming up. Uh, so the bad part is Christians are doing the same thing and they don't know it. Because, you know, they don't know about these laws. And there's no way to find out about these laws unless you find out about them from the Bible. There's nowhere else to find out. That's why you can be a Christian all your life and you're just plodding on with struggling with the same problems over and over and over and over and over. Um, and they don't know because the only place you can find out is from the Bible. And if, if you don't learn it from the Bible and you're not getting the teaching from the Bible, there's no way to change it. And so... That's, that's why we're having these meetings. Uh, because, you know, Jesus paid a high price for us to be living over here. And, and as believers, we don't need to be operating over here. And it's a very, quite simple thing to fix, you know. But, but you've got to know. You've got to know what the problem is. And you've got to know how to correct it. So it's up to us as to which of these laws we're going to live under. When you say what God says about your situation, you activate God and you license Him to bring it to pass. And that's, that's operating over here in the law of the Spirit of life. But when you say what the world says and you say what the devil speaks to your mind, then you activate Satan and you license him to bring it to pass. People, including Christians, have been operating in fear and don't even know it by speaking it and practicing it. We've been trained in the negative and don't even think about it because the whole world is operating in this negative stream. The, the, the whole world is going in this direction and that's why when you say something in faith, they all turn around and look at you like, what? planet did you come out of, you know, because that is so, it's so foreign to them. This, this, is, this is natural for the, for the unborn again person, and it's, unfortunately it's natural for some Christians because they just don't know. So uh, the whole world is moving in that direction, and unfortunately so are some Christians. Now when you turn the law of sin and death around in the opposite direction, now you're operating the same method in the opposite direction. Really, this is all just one process of, of speaking words and acting on words. It's just a matter of which one of these you're putting into motion with words. So we've got to get it turned around and speak in God's word and acting on God's Word. Hallelujah. And when you speak the Word of God and act on it, all of a sudden people, these people over here, they think you're crazy and they call you extreme. It's not extreme, extreme it's normal. But, but if you're so far over here, you know, if you're so far over here and you call yourself normal, anybody right there is extreme from you. You know, they're extreme. So, um, that's why uh, people don't understand these spiritual laws. They're doing the same thing. They're just speaking and acting on what Satan in the world says, and they're getting the opposite results. So what we're trying to do, we're just trying to get them to turn around, use the same operation, but, but start using it over here, to bring the blessings of God into their lives instead of operating over here and just propagating the problems all the time. Fear is having faith in negative circumstances rather than faith in God's Word. For every promise of God, Satan has an opposite or a reciprocal or an opposite... Um, promise, so to speak. He doesn't promise anything but trouble, you know. But for every, for every promise God has, 
Satan will have an argument over here, you know, that you can't have it or that it won't work. Let's look, uh, well, no, we won't, we won't turn there, but 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. That's a good scripture. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Second Corinthians 1, 20. For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Not sometimes, not maybe, not, you know, for some people. They're yes and amen. Now, Satan comes and challenges the Word of God with the opposite. You'll never make it. This isn't going to work. You're wasting your time going to those meetings. You're wasting your time confess making all those confessions. You're wasting your time giving your money. You're wasting your time listening to all those tapes and CDs. Uh, you know, you got the wrong background, you got the wrong education, you got the wrong color of skin, blah, 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 blah. Those people are stronger than you are. That's all the case that Satan builds up when you're standing on a promise of God to try to convince you it's not going to work. Now, he tells the same lie to everybody. Now, if you receive it and you start meditating on it, that's what we call worry. Worry is just meditating and constantly thinking about kind of the worst scenario, you know, because Satan will give you the worst scenario. And when you begin to think about it and worry about it, then the next thing you're going to do, you're going to speak it. And so now you're releasing you're not just meditating on it, you're releasing it. So when, when you're meditating on what the world says and what the devil says, you know, it could be a, a bad medical report or it could be a letter from your bank or, you know, the devil will have people write you letters and make telephone calls to you and all kinds of things to try to get you off that word and to get you to start meditating on the worst scenario. That's what, so he's challenging, he's challenging the Word of God with something directly opposite. Matthew 12, 35, Jesus said, Out of the good deposit of a good man's heart, good things come to pass. Out of the good deposit of a good man's heart, good things come to pass. Out of the negative deposit of a negative man's heart, Negative things come to pass. That's how it works. If you've, uh, if you've listened to any of Brother Copeland's tapes from back in the 1980s, there's a, a statement he makes over and over and over. He, he says, Faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. Faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. In other words, the, the law of sin and death cannot overcome this law. It cannot overcome the promises of God. It cannot overcome, you know, God's Word. That's why he tries so hard to get us off of it. Because if he can't get us off of it, it's going to come to pass. So that's why he creates all these scenarios, you know, uh, to try to push you off the promises of God. Because if he can't, he can't stop it. He hasn't got any power to stop it. So that's why he tries to create all these scenarios. But the law, but uh, faith-filled words dominate. In other words, it overtakes the law of sin and death. It will quench it. And this, this law cannot overcome that one. That's why we got to stay on this one and not let Satan move us off this one. Not let him move us off the Word because God's Word always overcomes the lies of the devil and the law of sin and death. Jesus has already, he's already dealt with Satan. Now we got to deal with Satan. That's our part now is to enforce what Jesus has already done 
to Satan. We got to enforce it now. He isn't just going to lay down and roll over just because, you know, Jesus took his power away from him. And just because we're Christians, and just because we go to church or whatever, and, and we start out believing, we find out God's promised us some good things here, and now we're believing for them, he isn't just going to lay down and say, oh, you want that? Okay, go ahead. I won't, I won't try to stop you, you know. No, he isn't just going to lay down and roll over. We, we've got to enforce it on him. Fear-filled words can also dominate, and Christians don't know that that's their problem. If you are in the midst of adverse circumstances or a test and trial in some area, physically, financially, or in your family, I can almost guarantee you fear is involved in there somewhere, in that adversity or that test and trial. Satan is going to use fear in there somewhere against you. Fear is at the root of jealousy and insecurity. It's associated with dread and worry. And I, I you know, sometimes we think, you know, we dread something. We dread getting up early and going to work or we dread having to go over here and see these people or something. And we just pass it off. You know, I just kind of used to pass it off as, eh, you know. But when I found out about these things, I found out that dread is associated with fear. And so I immediately try to counteract that and say, no, I'm not going to dread this, you know, because that's acting on fear. For, we dread it because we're, we're fearful about something. We don't want to see these people or, you know, our flesh doesn't want to get up early in the morning and go to work or something. But dread and fear are related, so, so be on the lookout for that. Now let's turn to uh, Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Yeah, I guess you could say dread is kind of a cousin of fear. It's kind of in the same family. Isaiah 54, 8. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Now this is our Redeemer speaking. Are you the redeemed? Amen. Amen. Yes, so He's speaking to us. Over in the New Testament, Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So we're the redeemed. Now verse down in verse 14 it says, it's going to tell us some things we've been redeemed from. In righteousness shalt thou be established. Well, Jesus has come. He's defeated Satan. And we've been restored to the righteousness of God that Adam originally was before he came under Satan's dominion. So this righteousness has been restored to us and now we're established in righteousness. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear... And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. This promises the redeemed that we can look forward to a life without fear, here and now. He's saying terror, oppression, and fear will come against you, but I didn't send it. Terror, fear, and oppression will come against you, but I'm not the one sending it. We know where it's coming from now. We know who's sending it. And, and we're not to put up with it. Let's turn over to Acts 10. Acts 10. 38. This is a familiar... Scripture. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by who? The devil. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So this tells us that fear and oppression are connected. Oppression comes from the devil. It doesn't, you know, God wasn't oppressing people and then sending Jesus to them the same afternoon to deliver them from, to heal them from oppression. Oppression came from the devil. God sent Jesus to heal and to deliver us from oppression of the devil. Oppression is the state of being subject to prolonged cruel, unjust treatment or control, mental pressure or distress. The state of being subject to prolonged, cruel, unjust treatment or control, mental pressure or distress. Satan uses fear as a weapon to control individuals and even governments of the world. You see these oppressive governments around the world with these you know, dictators and so forth, and they use fear to maintain a grip on their people. You, you, we see it happening all the time. They use fear. They do that because they're actually afraid of the people. You know, They're actually afraid of the people, so they maintain a grip on them by using fear against them. And if you look back there in uh, Exodus chapter 1, that's exactly what happened to the Israelites when they came under uh, you know, the slavery to Egypt. Egyptians were afraid of them. The Egyptians said, people of Israel, they're mightier than we are, and, and uh, they're stronger than we are. They outnumber us. And if our, enemies, if, if our enemy over here comes against us, Israel's going to side with them. And, and they won't side with us. They'll side with them. We're going to be in trouble. So that's why they took the Israelites' bondage and under their control and slavery from that point because they were afraid of them. And countries are still afraid of them because God's with them. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why people are afraid of them. It's because God is with them. They may not know that's why they're afraid of them. Now, uh, let's turn to 1 John 3, 8. It gives us some more scriptures why Jesus came. And the devil is afraid of you. That's why he's using fear against you. Because he's afraid of you. That's that's the truth. You know, we he is not this big, huge, you know, uh, strong thing that, that people make him out to be. Uh, I don't have it marked now, but over here in Isaiah, it, we looked at it a while back. I'm not sure what scripture is now, but there in Isaiah, here, uh, no, I don't know where it is now. But it says, um, the day is going to come when people are going to look at Satan and say, you mean that little thing is the one that deceived the nations? That little thing is the one that gave me so much trouble? <laughs> you know? So that's why he, he's afraid of you. That's why he brings this fear against you. To try to get you to back off. Because if, if he can't, He's had it. You're going to overcome him. You're going to defeat him. You're going to show him that God, you know, God, you're going to enforce God's defeat on him. So he's trying to use fear against you because he's afraid of you. 1 John 3 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy. Or the Greek there says, paralyze the works of the devil. Uh, let's turn to Romans 8. Back to Romans 8 again.
I don't know if you've ever seen that the movie uh, Wizard of Oz, but um, there's a scene in there. Well, really, the whole if you if you were to go back and watch it, uh, the whole thing kind of shows you how Satan operates. Uh, and, and I was down here once in Burger King, uh, there on North Street, a, a par, across from Marks and Spencer. And uh, I think it's when, you know, I used to get here early on Sunday for when we were meeting at the uh, Electric Theater. And I went in there for some coffee or something. And over on the corner was this poster with a scene from The Wizard of Oz. And when I saw that, it just showed showed me just how Satan operates and because he was doing it to me at the time and it was just like when I looked at that thing you know I just saw what Satan had been doing to me and uh, there's a you know they go along their journey and all the time I don't even remember really the plot of the story but they're trying to get this place called Oz but all the time opposition keeps coming up against them you know they've got obstacles and this wicked witch comes up and she tries to frighten them away. And then, it, one scene you got all these little flying monkeys flying around them. Now to me, that really reminded me of demons. You know, because to me, de these little demon flying monkeys, um, and they kept encountering all these obstacles to wherever they were going. And then they come to this haunted forest. And uh, you can go on YouTube and you can just type in Wizard of Oz Haunted Forest and it'll play this little scene for you. But in this haunted forest, they come up here to a sign, the sign in the road, and it says, if I were you, I would turn back. And when I saw that, it was just like, you know, it just... Uh, spoke to me, that's exactly the what Satan is trying to do. If I, He was putting all this fear into them and all these obstacles and then this sign that if I were you, I would turn back. And that's exactly what he's trying to get us to do is to turn back, to give up, you know, you know, this is the ultimate, you know, these people that were going to Oz, maybe we should turn back, maybe we should Maybe we shouldn't go to Oz or whatever, you know. And the Satan is saying to you, maybe you should give up on your healing. You know, maybe you should give up believing for whatever you're believing for. And he's put all these obstacles and all this fear along the way just to try to get you to give up and turn back. And that just, that just helped me at the time. Romans 8.15 for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So here we see also the word uh, fear and, and spirit. Uh, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So this tells us that, that fear is a spirit also. 1 John 4.18 says, Fear hath torment. If you don't cast out fear, it will become torment. So, so when you begin, when you realize that fear is trying to come in on you, take authority over it immediately. Cast it out. Don't entertain it. Don't play with it. You know, don't just hope it'll go away. Speak to it. Cast it out. Because if you don't, it's just going to get worse, and it will become torment. And and. Probably all of us at one time or another, we've been through some kind of a tormenting, and it's horrible. I mean, it is horrible torment when you're, when you're, Satan torments you about something. And for a long time, you know, my first encounters with it, I didn't know these things. I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, all of my waking hours, I was just tormented by certain things, and most of it was financial things, you know, financial because, and that's how I began to get in the Word of God and find out what God says about finances and what's promised to me because I had no other way to change my situation. This is, this is the only thing I had to change it. And so uh, I began to get in the Word of God and, and because all of my 
uh, obstacles at the time pretty much were financial. And so I had to have some way to change it. But I tell you what, in the meantime, he will, he will torment you. But not anymore. Amen? When, when you were born again, your spirit was recreated. So where fear resided, faith came to take its place. So God did not give you a, a new spirit that produces fear just like the old one did. Your, our, our recreated spirit does not produce fear. So if we get fear in us, in our spirit, it had to come from outside in because it doesn't produce <coughs> it naturally. It doesn't belong there. So it has to come from the outside in. Something that you see, something that you hear, or something that you feel. Where Out here in the physical realm where Satan operates, he, he uses something to generate this fear to, and then try to feed it into you. That's the only way he can get it in there. As long as we have five physical senses and a workable mind, and as long as we're here and Satan is here, we will encounter fear. But Jesus has redeemed us from it. Uh, let's turn to our last scripture, uh, Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. The thing about it is, I mean, uh, something that looks so... You know, Satan is really working on you at the time about something. He can make it look like Mount Everest, you know, and it's really just, uh, it's really not that big, but he can just make it look so big, you know. Um, and, and once you get through it, and God brings you through it, and, you, and it, maybe two or three years from now, you'll go through the same thing again, and it, your faith has, has grown during that time, and you look back and you think, why did I let that bother me so much? You know, why? Uh, but at the time, you probably didn't have the knowledge that you have now, and and you know your your faith level may not have been quite as high. But but you can look back on these things and and you can say that really wasn't a big deal. I don't know why I let the devil work me over like that because it, it really wasn't. Is as bad as he was making it out to be. Hebrews two fourteen. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them or deliver us, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject. To bondage. This tells us two things Jesus accomplished on the cross. He paralyzed Satan and brought him to naught. And he delivered us from the bondage of fear. So we don't have to live with it. We can cast it out. We have authority over it. We have authority over Satan. Because Jesus has defeated Satan and stripped him of his authority in the spirit realm... Satan is limited to the natural, physical realm. If you hear the news, if you turn on the news, and you hear uh, BT is making 500 people redundant in Hampshire, and you work for BT in Hampshire, does that produce faith or fear? Produces fear, doesn't it? Fear comes by hearing what the world says, and what the devil says. And if you begin to meditate on that, and, you, and, then, and then you've been thinking about buying a new car, and you start thinking, well, maybe I better not buy that new car because I might lose my job. Now you're going down, you know, this worst-case scenario, <coughs> and now you're beginning to operate in fear. You're beginning to plan on losing your job. You know, so this is what we have to watch for. Brother Copeland says, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. It will begin to erode at your faith, and it will begin to 
you know, if, if you start taking your eyes off the Word and you get over into fear, your, your faith will begin to kind of run down the drain. That's why we have to stay in the Word, especially when we're going through a test and trial. When you sense fear trying to come in, speak to it and take authority over it. Uh, you may, I don't know if you seen it or not, but uh, Joyce Meyer has a saying about fear. False evidence appearing real. That's the way she puts it. False evidence appearing real. That's the way Satan operates. And she says one way to overcome fear about anything is just to do it anyway. She calls about do it, do it afraid. That's the way she says it. Do it afraid. If you're afraid of, you know, um, I don't know, riding a horse, do it afraid. <coughs> you know, just do it anyway. And don't let the don't let uh, that fear stop you, and, and you'll overcome it. The most common way you feed fear into your spirit is by speaking it. Now it should be obvious that if you watch Nightmare on Elm Street or you read one of Stephen King's books, that you are feeding fear into your spirit. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of people do that unknowingly, and even some Christians, believe it or not, kind of do. They open their that's, that is opening the door, and I mean inviting the devil and fear into your life to, to do something like that. So, Jesus said, the eye is the light of the body. I didn't write down the scripture where it is. But talking about what you watch and kind of and what, you, you know, what you let into your eyes, you know, watching these horror movies and reading these horror books and things like that. Jesus said, the eye is the light of the body. And if your light is filled with the Word of God, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your light is full of darkness, if your eye is full of darkness, your entire being will be flooded and filled with darkness. And that's what he was saying. Whatever you expose your eyes to, that's what you're, what, that's what you're going to put into your spirit. Proverbs 4.23 says, Diligently guard your heart or your spirit, for out of it flow the issues or the forces of life. So that's why we have to diligently guard our heart and our eyes, what we allow in our eyes, what we allow in our ears, what we allow in our mouth. Amen? Hallelujah. Did, was that helpful? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that really has, has meant a lot to me because I 